You have something to say to me, sir? It's about your attitude, Fetch. Would you be right in thinking that you don't consider us worthy heirs to Aunt Grace? There is a saying, Mum, one may take the cow out of the field, but one can never take the field out of the cow. Rubbish! Cow can be whatever it wants to be. A flamingo? Yes. Yes, I wanted to. Why not? Hello and welcome to Piloting Error, the show where we find shitty old pilots on YouTube and watch them so you don't have to, unless you want to. Don't do it. I'm Joe, and with me, as always, is Stuart. Hello. And we have a new guest today, our buddy, Andrew. Hey. Today we're doing the 1997 Eddie Izzard written, but not starring, pilot, Cows. One of the worst pieces of shit I've ever seen in my entire life. It's weird that we have to qualify that he's not starring in it. Yeah. <laughs> I saw somewhere that he did a cameo, but I don't think that's right. He played Mime Cow somewhere. Huh. Maybe at the wedding where there were all the cows? No. I don't think I noticed that. So to elaborate, this is a show about a family of cow people. Yeah. And instead of using, you know, elaborate effects to make these cow people, they commissioned uh, the Henson Company to make them probably the <laughs> worst rubber masks I've ever seen. Yeah, it was definitely on the level of like Planet of the Apes. Yeah. <laughs> if not worse than the original Planet if, of the Yes, Apes. right. <laughs> it was actually a company called Positive, and they talk about it on their website. <laughs> and we can get into that, what they have to say about <laughs> it, because they had the only, like, really behind the scenes that I could find. Oh. Wait, they produced the masks? I thought Henson did it for him. No. No, this has nothing to do with Jim Henson. <laughs> <laughs> let's not oversell the show here. <laughs> It's similar to a pilot we watched a while back. Dog police. Their starters, Dog Police, is only eight minutes long, and this is 50 minutes long. <laughs> Jesus Christ. I counted about, like, four separate acts, I think. I watched the 50-minute version the first time, and then decided to try out the... Uh slightly better quality one that's over an hour long because they include all the original commercials from bbc4 oh my gosh oh yeah that was like a relief for me oh, that's exactly <laughs> what cheryl said she was like the commercials are in the fucking show she's completely right i've got a review of most of the commercials oh good freaked but ugly but funny yeah! welcome to show business you morons it made me think of the uh, Alex Winter movie. Oh, yeah. Yeah, great movie. That was a way better cow person. Have you seen that, Andrew? I've never seen that. It is very bizarre, but very fun. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. It's very, like, early 90s, like, MTV vibe. 
it has a cameo by Johnny Depp as the Wolf Boy. Or no, <laughs> it's not Johnny Depp. It's um Keanu Reeves. Oh, Keanu. Yeah, Reeves. he's un- uncredited. No, oh, wow. he's an amazing Wolf Boy. And you are lucky I don't bite you. <laughs> <laughs> In cows. The costumes are disturbing, off-putting, and the writing is bafflingly bad. Mm. What bothered me was you would expect a lot of cow puns and cow jokes, but there aren't very many. No. I wrote down <laughs> the exact same thing. Most of the jokes are just the, just that the cows are weird and extremely stupid, but they aren't stereotypically cow-like. Yeah, I was going to come on here pretty angry about there not being enough cow puns and cow jokes. There could have been more milk jokes that could have gotten sure. could have gotten really gross. They could have got, started squirting milk at each other at some point. <laughs> I mean, that would have been awful. <laughs> Something about dakes, maybe. <laughs> Do they even bring up eating beef? Toby wears a shirt that says 100% beef. Right, 100% pure beef. I have to say, it, it grew on me, though as these really awful pilots tend to do, and I attribute that to Stockholm Syndrome. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We should fucking change the, the title of the podcast to Stockholm. Stockholm Syndrome. <laughs> there are jokes. By that I mean they're set up and pay off. Yeah, it's got the competency of, like, a Steve Harvey joke. Yeah. <laughs> the formula's there, but the payoff is nil great i see what you've done but it's just not funny (laughs) i think there were maybe like five things in this entire fucking thing that made me laugh that's way more than me yeah that's definitely more than me for sure for me it also had the double problem where it's not only disturbing it's also foreign (laughs) it adds another level of confusion because this is the first non-american pilot we've ever done oh you're right when we watch a lot of shit Uh, we cover on this podcast it may be like poorly written but it's still also familiar because i still recognize the language and tropes of american tv Mm -hmm. and so i'm assuming i'm missing a lot since i didn't grow up watching british tv i could easily see this being one of those shows that i find out about from some random person and they're like yeah it's my favorite show and it's run for like 15 fucking years Oh, yeah, cows. British humor, supposedly more subtle, more dry, I guess. More zany, I say. More zany. This is Uh, definitely on the wacky. Coming from people that say I'm going to the toilet rather than I'm going to the bathroom. (laughs) (laughs) I'm off to loo. More bluntly horny. (laughs) Certainly. That came kind of to a surprise to me. You think going into a English sitcom that has cows featured as the main characters, and yet they start off like a little raunchy and risque. Yeah. I guess that's oh, normal yeah. for British television, but yeah, surprisingly, yeah. I kind of was caught off guard by that. How much British TV have y'all watched? Uh, a lot. Shit done. Yes, yeah. Because all I've ever watched was what was on PBS in the 90s. Like, are you being served? Allo, allo. Last of the summer wine, Mr. P. Yeah. That's definitely where it all started for me, for sure. Yeah. All the actors in this, they're still working and they all have fairly recent projects. And they're all apparently like really well known British actors, but I have no idea who any of them are. I knew Pinky. I've seen her before. But also, I think the mother's voice, she was like the midwife in Children of Men. You know, the woman who was going to like give birth to the like the only child that was being born. I think that was her. I know one of them was. Uh, Miss Trunchbull from uh, Matilda. Oh, yeah. 
remember seeing that. Yeah, yeah. That's oh, that's her. The mother. Oh, okay. Big deal for the Matilda head. <laughs> I like a joke as well as the next fat person. It's a great film. Yeah, it's pretty good. So anyway, um, the show was produced by Eddie's production company, Ella, that produces all of Eddie Izzard's comedy and a company called Positive. And I wanted to read some of what they have to say about cows on their website. For some years, TV companies have been trying to persuade Eddie Izzard to do a show and Eddie refused almost as a dare he proposed a show where all the characters were cow yep cow we couldn't resist the chance to make the show and although the results ended up a little mick we had the most fun in the world building them up out of foam and paint and then swathing some of the UK's top comic actors Pam Ferris James Fleet Kevin Eldon and layers of identity-hiding latex. The cow costumes took so long to get on that the actors had to get started at about 6 in the morning and weren't allowed to, quote-unquote, leave until the wrap. Drinks had to be taken through straws through their faces, and their faces had to be cooled by attendants clutching fans, and only one change of hooves was allowed a day. <laughs> to cap it all... We discovered once we were on location that the head mics didn't work as we'd hoped. So we had to redub all the voices afterwards. Oh my God. That's pretty weird. Having said that, rehearsing with Eddie and the cast was a joy. And the best part of all that was the cowmobile, a specially painted black and white Citroen, had to be made roadworthy and licensed so Positive actually got to keep it after the shoot. Eventually, no one had the guts to drive it around town, so we quietly sold it off. And we would love to know who bought that car. So if you have the cow uh, Citroen, send us an email at our web zone. Cowcar at cow. <laughs> Cowspodcast.com. Cow. <laughs> so it seems that Eddie really wanted to prove something and write a TV show. That was the whole deal. Or, or maybe he just wanted people to leave him alone. He just suggested the most ridiculous thing ever just to see if they would give him money, and they did. Not surprising. Yeah, good for Eddie. But, but he didn't write it by himself. He wrote it with this other guy named Nick Whitby, who has pretty short IMDb. Especially after this. <laughs> <laughs> he did write a movie called Gladiatress, <laughs> and the reviews on uh, Letterboxd are pretty good. Wow. Yeah, one review is just no. Caesar. <laughs> The women, they fight like the men. The ladies, they like to fight. Get the ships. This I got to see. <laughs> he had something he really wanted to say about classism. That's kind of like a deeply rooted British comedy topic. Yeah. There was, of course, a, a big transition, you know, in their involvement in a certain class level on the show, for sure. Yeah, I guess it's really like a, a barnyard Beverly Hillbillies to a certain extent. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god, yes. <laughs> Let's talk about how we watched this one. It's on YouTube. Mm -hmm. The channel that it's on has a, a little uh, over a hundred Eddie Izzard TV clips, and they stopped posting around four years ago. Not but Eddie. <laughs> it's run by a weird old <laughs> British man. That one's been was uploaded eight years ago and has ninety five hundred views, <laughs> which is average huh. for a shitty pilot on YouTube. There's always roughly a thousand people a year who will force themselves to watch something horrendous. <laughs> yeah, it's always surprising how many people have watched this shit. There's better entertainment out there. Go watch something else. <laughs> <laughs> the quality of this video is so bad. 
they for some reason turned on motion stabilization so it looks like the camera is following the cow's head movements yeah not quite sure i fully understand <laughs> that decision is that the version you watched the older one or the newer one? uh i guess it was the older one yeah the one that was all shaky yeah that was like tracking their heads yeah oh my god God. So it was hard to watch at some points, actually. It really uh, did, did a number on my eyes. <laughs> you didn't realize that there was a better version up on YouTube? No, I didn't. I, I, just, uh, I watched the one that I was sent. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, I'm so sorry. <laughs> I told you it was quite a chore to watch, <laughs> let alone the content. Oh, my God. <laughs> That's the most awful thing. <laughs> <laughs> I felt like I would I was like tripping when I tried to watch it. Like, oh my god. <laughs> I immediately I was like, there's gotta be a better version. <laughs> there's another one that's been up for roughly a year that's on that's got five hundred views. Oh, okay. It's clearly off of somebody's uh home recording because it has all of the British commercials. Which is amazing. Oh my gosh. Yeah, that is amazing. <laughs> this channel may be a treasure trove to someone uh, interested in British TV. Uh, it has a lot of obscure recordings of shows. <laughs> um, I particularly enjoyed a show called Engineering Announcements from 1990. What? It was just news, I guess, for engineers. It has some like, amazing synth music. Yeah, pop that music in here. Whenever I watch like a, something I've taped off TV, you know, from years ago, I am always more drawn to the commercials. I just find that to be a really fascinating phenomenon. I don't think anybody at that time would have guessed that anybody would want to watch commercials. Yeah, why does marketing have such a strong tie to our nostalgia? It's very strange. Yeah, I mean, we've talked extensively, Andrew, about <laughs> all of the jingles that we still remember. Oh, yeah, exactly. Why do I remember a fucking phone number for a carpet cleaner <laughs> in the town I grew up in? <laughs> it's just ingrained. In Empire Carpet. 800 Today. Yeah, there's that one. Dalworth Clean. Call 267-8433. Local commercials that are just ingrained into our brains. Oh yeah, you can find them at the market. We talking about flea market. Montgomery, it's just like, it's just like a mini mall. There's that quality to it where it's so of the moment and when it's done it disappears forever right yeah yeah i guess in marketing there is a very high turnover rate of themes and tropes I yeah guess. absolutely i mean it doesn't hurt that commercials now are such fucking dog shit that the the ones from that <laughs> era are almost art comparatively <laughs> and now it's just like some fucking old farmer weeping over a truck and a narrator talking about how we're all one people or some shit well it certainly uh <laughs> terrifies me for the next generation of commercials in the next 20 years. There will never be a commercial more funny than the first Bush's Baked Beans commercial uh, with the dog. When he says, Roll that beautiful bean footage. <laughs> they use like a dog sitting up and they just played it back and forth, like rocked it back and forth to make it look like he was talking. And it was so bad. And the guy was such a bad actor. All right. He was like... Uh oh! Great tasting bushes. He <laughs> just shakes his head, and that was it. <laughs> <laughs> oh no, my dog's talking, and he knows my bean recipe. <laughs> yeah. Now here's your bag of money. <laughs> Who the fuck would tell a dog a bean recipe anyway? Dogs don't. Cook. <laughs> 
Alright, so the first mm, thing what that happens is we are bombarded by a whirlwind alternative history lesson and how cows suddenly became sentient and then demanded rights. And this all happens in under a minute. Pretty fast development. Yeah. Cows talk, people listen. Yes. So we get two newspapers. The first says, Amazing Story, Cows Talk, and it's in all caps. And the other says, Amazing Story, Humans Listen. <laughs> and it, it happens so fast that you have to pause it to notice that the first paper is the human paper, and the second paper is like the underground cow press. <laughs> oh my god, I didn't even yeah, notice yes. that. Jesus Christ. It happens really fast. The, the Shropshire Cornet <laughs> and the Shropshire Churn. <laughs> and it's got a whip on it. <laughs> And what's odd is that they they have a printing press, but it just doesn't work right, apparently. It's hard to do typesetting when you're even-toed Uncle-like. <laughs> we get a few more newspapers. Uh, Cow Puddle, Martyrs, Defiant, Cows Mutiny and Punjab, Many Squashed, No More Hay, Says Cows, Beef Prices Crash, Cows Converge on Washington, We're Fed Up Being Eaten, Says Chief Sitting Bloke. Uh, then we start seeing black and white footage of cow protesters demanding rights. Then another cow headline, cow throws herself on top of King's horse, and finally cow ownership abolished. <laughs> this was a very direct parody of very specific real events in civil rights struggles of mostly people that were oppressed by the British. Yeah. <laughs> the Cow Puddle Martyrs is a reference to the Tall Puddle Martyrs from Dorset, England. They were agricultural laborers who were arrested during a labor dispute in the 1830s and became a popular cause in early union and workers' rights movements. The Cow's Mutiny in Punjab is probably referring to the Gondar Mutiny in India. Of course, India was under British rule, 1858 to 1947, and that was attempted mutiny at the beginning of World War I by Indian soldiers. <laughs> the worst one is the last one, where the cow throwing herself on top of the king's horse, yes. which is a direct reference to suffragette Emily Davis, who committed suicide by throwing herself in front of king right. George V's horse at the 1913 Derby. In, in a desperate attempt to get people to listen to women demanding for the right to vote in England. Holy shit, I knew that had to be a real event. Just a hilarious thing to be making a joke about right at the beginning <laughs> of the show. <laughs> oh man, fucking insane. Not off to a good start making fun of people seeking basic human rights. While we're at the beginning of the show here, the logo. Yes! <laughs> what? Why is it so generic? It's a 1990s minimal futuristic logo. Yeah, it's like a like a corporate logo. Yeah, it's like something you would see on a shirt at Gadzooks. <laughs> Gadzooks. <laughs> yeah, I kept thinking it was like horns or an udder or, but you're right. It's just like a circle cut in half. It is horns for sure. Yes, it is yeah, horns. yeah. But very subtle though. The theme song too is really, really fucking generic. They just grabbed it off the shelf. Right. But yeah, not spending a lot of time on any of it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> God damn this fucking show. We are outside a house and we see the cow Citrone. <laughs> what model is that? Did they say? No, just as a Citrone. Got that classic Citrone DS front, but I don't know what it is. We're always trying to figure out what cars are on this show and none of us has a fucking clue. <laughs> <laughs> Like, we're like, yeah, is that a, no, that's not one of those. Is it, 
No. <laughs> None of us have that fucking idea. <laughs> so we go inside uh, of the house, and we see the cow family, the Johnsons, who are sitting on a couch together watching porn. Yeah, right off the bat, like I was caught off guard. What? Where's this going? If you didn't think civil rights humor the lowest we could go, we go right into that. <laughs> so the characters are, there's the mom cow who is Boo, mm-hmm. the dad who is Thor, the, the youngest son is Toby who is a stupid, horny little preteen, and then the daughter is Nicola, but... I caught a few times where people were calling her Shirley by accident, which is the actor's name. Interesting. I did not notice that. Yeah, they probably just didn't even bother to fix it. And the older brother is Rex, who's like the cool guy. I mean, cool guy cow. Cow guy. Odd choice of accent on that on him, yeah. He's kind of like the surrogate Eddie Izzard character. Yeah, I guess you could say that, yeah. So they're sitting there on the couch, and Toby... Starts asking his dad a bunch of questions about why the people on the TV are having sex. <laughs> why are those two people doing that? <laughs> because they're cousins. <laughs> Don't they mind getting wet? They're in love. <laughs> mm-hmm. That's the first thing that happens. Great opener. And then there's this rushing transition, this like sweep. <laughs> Which they used through the entire show, which is so bad and strange and out of place. Yeah, it was definitely just whatever they had loaded up in the the editing machine. (laughs) 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 I will use this. So then we're outside, and Rex is letting a human woman out of her car. And the woman is, uh, this is Pink, and she's our surrogate to the cow world. A lot of this first bit is just Pinky questioning the cows about their lifestyle, which is supposed to be extremely funny. <laughs> right. <laughs> and it's uh, not. It's not all. No, it's not funny. Especially the very long bit of how old the young son was. He kept saying the number two. How old are you? I'm two. <laughs> how much is that in, in real years? Two. <laughs> okay. How old would you be, right? You'd been born a human. Two. <laughs> just being silly, aren't you? Two. Oh my god, just get over it. And they're asking her about her underwear. Very disturbing. Right. What underwear do you wear then? He thinks it's a bit personal. I think it's a fair question. <laughs> All right, I wear knickers. Knickers? Holy God, how much do they weigh? Like, what? Like, why is any of this happening? Well, that might have come into play later. Remember, they had to wear each other's underwear, like, after the wedding thing. Oh. (laughs) Maybe they were interested in that for some reason. They have to match in some way. (laughs) They have to be compatible. Pinky is extremely accommodating to how weird the cows are. In fact, I would say she's delighted by them. Yeah, quite delighted, yeah. I mean, who wouldn't want to be around a bunch of cows? They're, like, surrounding her and poking her and all over her, and she's just grinning the whole time. (laughs) But she's also just terrible. Like, her acting is completely flat through this whole thing, so it might be there's that, too. Well, she knows what's happening. (laughs) (laughs) what's that she knows this is not going anywhere (laughs) 
is she's a professional. <laughs> she just seems like she's just going through the motions whenever she's on screen, not making any effort in any way. Definitely. Before they go in the house, she's like, You have a very unusual house. Yeah, it's a barn conversion. It used to be a barn. No, a three bedroom house. Solid joke, <laughs> but not funny. Set up, payoff, <laughs> not funny. So bad. <laughs> And the house is extremely <laughs> close to the freeway for some reason. Is that a joke? Is there a, is there a joke about cows being close to the road? Might just be the real estate the, that they could afford. It might be cheaper to live by the highway. That's in a bunch of British things, I feel like. Just them building highways, like Hitchhiker's Guide. There's the whole bit where they're building a new highway through his house. You think it may be like a British trope or something? Yeah, maybe that was just overdevelopment. You know, the British, they love to talk about the M1 a lot. You know? <laughs> <laughs> we love am one don't we folks <laughs> so they go in and rex introduces the cows to pinky mom dad shirley toby this is pinky hi they all get off the couch and circle her and this is when i first realized that it's not just cow heads they have on full body cow suits with like bulbous and lumpy bits and they're hunched over yeah, yeah pretty much just pillows <laughs> they're very disturbing it's looking so disturbing. <laughs> they're all shaped like mewtwo <laughs> <laughs> the pokemon yeah <laughs> they're also asking her if if her and rex are fucking so are you shagging <laughs> yeah that's right it, it's all very horny i mean randy <laughs> yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah they get straight to it for sure asking her questions about their uh, sex life and this is when she says she doesn't have sex before marriage no i i don't believe in it before marriage shame it's a lot better before isn't it dear <laughs> much better yeah which seems to be a plot point later on oh that's right yeah but she says that she has had sex <laughs> I've never had sex either. Well, I didn't say I'd never had sex. Nor did I then. Yeah, so does that mean she's been married prior? All British people are born divorced. <laughs> <laughs> so Rex has a bag of grass that he says he just bought. Did you buy that grass? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Why do you buy grass when you live in the country? I mean, it's all around you. My darling, there's grass. And there's grass. <laughs> this is the finest bit of Timothy this side of the Hindu Kush. Well, it turns out it's actually marijuana. And Rex pulls out a giant joint the size of a baseball bat. <laughs> and they all start passing it around, including Pink. Is there a joke about cows smoking weed? What is this? I don't know. They like all sorts of grass. I, I guess. guess that has to be it. However <laughs> they can like, get it in them. <laughs> Smoking it, eating it, ramming it up their ass. <laughs> then Rex tells Pinky it's time for bed. Right, bedtime. Um, where am I sleeping? In the bedroom. I put down fresh straw. This came out of nowhere. And she's like, where am I gonna sleep? Because we are not fucking. <laughs> well, it turns out the cows all sleep together. As cows do. And the mom says... Well, we don't have many secrets. We are cows, you know. Yes. <laughs> Until recently, we used to wander about willy-nilly with all our bits and bobs hanging out. And our genitals. I still do. We were like a bunch of Germans in July. Yeah. <laughs> this, that was... Was a that part was a that good. I laughed at pretty hard. That's actually. pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> For 
all about Germans in July on this podcast. What do they call the German nude hiking? There's like a word for it. <laughs> Turn on the piloting error computer. Naturgefühl. That sounds like nude hike. It's a compound word meaning nature and nude. <laughs> I mean, nature basically means nude, right? Like, it's basically, it's a yeah, it. I guess so. Natural, yeah. Don't worry, babe. I never rut on the first night. No, we shall play bezik, and then I shall lull you to sleep with my B flat harmonica. <laughs> We actually hear a B-flat harmonica, which is kind of nice. That's <laughs> yes, right. So it's the next morning, and the cows have stayed up all night smoking the enormous joint. They're still smoking it. <laughs> Pinky comes downstairs, and she's wearing a man's shirt and no pants, like like how a girl wears your shirt when she sleeps over for the first time. Uh-huh. And Rex is apparently gone. Where's Rex? Yeah. Gone for chips. For breakfast. No, for Christmas. <laughs> 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 I thought it was odd that the cows eat fish. Yeah. Yeah, that is strange. What the hell? That's their entire diet. If they want to be part of the society, they gotta... They gotta integrate. <laughs> they gotta acclimate. They gotta abide by all culture. <laughs> is fish and chips, is that like a lower class food? I think so. It's the, Yeah, it's like, you know, it's pretty typical like pub food, I guess. Over I mean, there. is that maybe what they're trying to say is that they're like low class people and that's why they eat fish and chips for every meal? <laughs> I would imagine, I maybe. Know, this ties into my theory. This is all just a classism allegory. There was definitely a lot of commentary on that for sure it was quite obvious and then they have this ridiculous conversation nicola and pinky about wigs for some reason pinky why don't you wear a wig we wear wigs it's never too late for a wig get a wig i like my hair the way it is and it just goes nowhere so rex shows up with fish and chips and the cows dig in. Then Rex asks Pinky if she has told them. And they go back and forth and they do the cutie, like, no, you tell them, you tell them. You tell. No, you tell. No, you tell. No, you tell. No, tell. no do tell soon or we shall have to kill you. Uh, <laughs> yeah, because it was that cringe. <laughs> yeah, it was really bad. It needed to end. Well, it turns out Rex and Pinky are getting married. And they want a traditional cow wedding. And the mom comes right out and says, Darling, don't you think it's an awful lot of bother for a shag? The shag? Are you daffy, mate? I don't know if they really ever explain that. Is that why Brex is marrying Pinky just so he can fuck her? Is that what this is? Or do they... Because it seems like later on, like, he is really upset that she doesn't like him yeah. anymore. Yeah, he was really genuinely upset. <laughs> <laughs> he spends the last half of the show, like, writing love poetry. And, right. And falling down drunk. Well, you know, that's what you do when you're a lord living in a castle. Cow in love. Lord beef. <laughs> a love struck lord <laughs> it leads to this bizarre conversation between nicole and toby where toby demonstrates he doesn't know what sex is uh, he was describing it as a plural word s-e-c-k-s like a sec is one of them and sex is plural it's not sec <laughs> it's sec so it can't be what sex is. It's what sex are, you fat fool. Yeah, this was really annoying to me. <laughs> I actually had to go back and watch just that bit just to understand what he was trying to say. And it was a lot of effort for such little payoff. That joke went nowhere. 
But one thing uh, I will say about this show, though, is a lot of times they will talk about something, like they'll say, we should do X, and then they immediately go do that thing. Right. Which is good. They're showing, not telling. Yes. It just, there's no payoff. I think it suffers from the same kind of obnoxious, random humor as the young ones. Once in every lifetime. Which I remember loving as a kid. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. That's a very good point. I was trying to really put a pin on it exactly what that style of humor was reminding me of. Just random joke after random joke. It doesn't necessarily flow with the show. The joke is like the progress of the story. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Which is no good. Also, Young Ones does not hold up at all no it's pretty rough yeah Yeah. fucking made my asshole turn inside out (laughs) fucking cringe it's so bafflingly random something will be happening you're like who are these people and then it turns out they're like floating in their sink or something or there's a a fucking bunch of gangster mice or some shit hanging out doing a little commentary (laughs) on what's going on very meta and woof woof knock knock Euripides. Euripides who? Euripides trousers. Humanities trousers. They're just too far ahead of us, our dumb Americans. Yeah, I mean, 80s sitcoms here. Jesus Christ. Bad. (laughs) Here we are again with the same shit. It's just family. Yeah. And they are X. Yeah. Flip fill in the blank. That's the trope that we deal with. They want to have a wedding. And it occurs to them that they need money. Excuse me, none of you has even the first idea about money, have you? (laughs) Which is bizarre. Yet they have a house and car and... Yeah, but they got that by trading potatoes. How do you buy things? Swapsies. What did you swap to get the chips? Potatoes. How many? About a sack. (laughs) Okay, that's, yeah, okay. Okay. (laughs) Sounds like a pretty idyllic world to me. Maybe it's a dig on the on the Irish. No, I doubt no? it. <laughs> Fucking maybe. Who knows? I don't know what was going through any of these cocaine-addled minds when they were making this shit. Nick Whitby, send us an email. Let us know what you were thinking. Yeah, I'm just waiting for someone that made one of these pilots that we shit all over to fucking f- figure out how to contact us and get mad at us. <laughs> It's not hard. Our email address is on our website. You can just go to our website, highlight our email address, and then copy and paste it into your favorite email program, Pegasus or Microsoft (laughs) Outlook, and then send us an email. It's really easy. Prodigy Online. (laughs) Dial up your internet. (laughs) Connect to your BBS. (laughs) And then call us. Let us know that you're on the BBS so that we can be on there too. And then you can send us as many messages as as you want. (laughs) That simple, people. We're living in the future. (laughs) (laughs) Join our BBS server. So Thor apparently at some point won the lottery Uh and he buried the money. What about that money you buried when you won the lottery? This is the time. Fetch the spade. And they go dig it up and it's only one pound. (laughs) He probably could have found more than that just digging randomly. And the dad declares, (laughs) No, by God, you shall be married. Uh, Properly married. I'm going to have a think. In fact, I'm going to have the mother of all thinks. (laughs) 
<laughs> he grabs an enormous roll of toilet paper and stomps off. Department store toilet toilet paper. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Half ply. And this is your grandma's toilet paper. Not my grandma. She got that Charmin shit, bro. Really? Yeah. My grandmother, it was like sandpaper. No. <laughs> it's like your skin's coming off. I'm sure if my grandpa had his way, he's a very utilitarian man. I'll just use this old sandpaper. I'm sure he's wiped his ass with fucking frozen bark. Depression toilet paper. <laughs> While Thor's gone to think, uh, the cows show Pinky some some photos out of their family album. That's Great Aunt Grace. Great big dangerous Aunt Grace. What a wonderful old cow. She used to hang out with no Coward on the Côte d'Azur. She inspired the song Mad Cows and Englishmen. He wrote it about her. But those were political times and they changed it from cows to dogs. Oh, wow. This is a real thing. Noel Coward, he actually did write Mad Dogs and Englishmen. That's a real song. I thought he was a playwright. Yeah, I think you're right. I think he was a playwright. Again, like, I know nothing about British culture. You'll learn it when we uh, start our Frasier podcast. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so dad comes back from taking a shit and he has substantially less toilet paper with him, which I thought was a nice touch. Now that was a thing <laughs> and then he just starts saying a bunch of crap about money like how money is nothing yeah yeah and what is money ha tis naught tis nothing tis less than nothing tis not tis no which isn't funny no nonsense aunt grace rex wants to get married to someone he met in a pub can we have some money we beg yes it's brilliant we get a sweeping transition and they're all in the Citroen yeah. on their way to see Great Aunt Grace. <laughs> we wasted no time. They leave Pinky behind. Should I close the door? Yeah, but whatever you do, don't slam it. No, don't! Slam it! <laughs> it's a pretty good looking collapse too <laughs> it's not bad i didn't spend a lot of time trying to figure out what castle most of this takes place in it seems like it takes place in like a manor because that's the next place they go is great aunt grace's uh english country estate it's like um oh what's that show what's the show on pbs are uh, you big sir <laughs> no the the show about the manor fuck mountain anthem it does definitely looks like that upstairs downstairs <laughs> After the house collapses, we are treated to a commercial break. And I made a list of some of the commercials I really enjoyed. <laughs> so there's the car commercial that ends with a joke about colon cleansing. Miss Wax, time for your colonic irrigation. More like time to test this sporty engine. What? Yeah. Sure. American car commercials should have more shit and ass jokes. <laughs> but there's the one where a bunch of people are in a bar laughing and there's a man stone face wearing a dress in the middle of it and they're clearly laughing at him and then the bartender hands the man a beer and says someone who tells another one okay a man walks into a bar because they're laughing at his jokes not his dress <laughs> his beer odd country 
Oh, that's pretty great, yeah. PC Genius. Open up PC Genius and you're opening yes! up a great new way to help your kids sharpen up their maths. This is pretty cool. Every fortnight, they mail you a sleeve of educational games on floppy disk for your kids. Not bad. Ooh. It's awesome. It made me think of Math Blaster and Outnumbered. Go boot up Math Blaster tonight. Math Blaster. Relearn my one through threes. <laughs> Try on some Reader Rabbit. <laughs> There's a crazy commercial about going to France for free or five pounds that has something to do with the Sun newspaper? Go to France for free or take your car for five pounds. France for free. Zip, zip, nothing starting in tomorrow's sun. Baffling commercial from a baffling man, Robert Murdoch. I did not understand that one. <laughs> it went by really fast. And then there's one that seemed like a prodigy video that was filmed at Mardi Gras, but then it's an old man riding a bike, and then this guy imagines he's a sports star, what? and then he's like, nah, I'll just go drink the Capri's, and he's like in a pub. What a give up. Then there's the Peugeot one that you really liked. Yeah, the Pe Peugeot 106 one, yeah. Pretty baffling for the most part. A woman's like test driving the 106 or something, and then the passenger is a horny mobster kind of character with sunglasses on yeah and then she wakes up and says she had a weird dream and it's her and her friend driving to the australian outback and then there's two australian dudes and a goat in the back seat and it's implied they're gonna fuck all three of them i just had the most awful thought so have i <laughs> Makes me want to buy a blue joke. <laughs> Makes me want to fuck a goat. Be adventurous. <laughs> <laughs> New Peugeot. The barnyard is your oyster. <laughs> there has never been a woman. There has never been a legend. There has never been a motion picture like Evita. We get an Evita commercial that's almost completely muted, thank, oh, thankfully. God. That must have been for the video release of Evita, because it came out in 96, I think. Oh. Didn't fact check that, but that's what Cheryl said. There's a Cronenberg 1664 commercial. Classic pretentious guy beer. There's <laughs> a, a Parisian dance hall piano player complaining that no one shouts encore at him, only at the waiters for more beer. Encore! <laughs> The Cronenbourg 1664, the best of premium beer in France. Pretty good commercial. I thought I wish I saw these, but now I really am glad I didn't. <laughs> you can always go back and watch them. <laughs> yeah, you can go back, rewatch cows. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> the one with the, the guy sitting in like a, a Sartre void. Uh -huh. <laughs> And, the, and he's sitting there wearing like a, a Christmas cracker crown. Like you, you pop a Christmas cracker and you, that's what they do in Britain. Like they all wear their crown at Christmas dinner. Oh, oh right, right. And remember this uh, show was on New Year's Day. So Christmas had just happened. He, he does this little spiel about some sort of antiquated phone service. Until January the 6th, every third minute you spend on a national call is free. The third minute, the sixth, the ninth, the twelfth, all the threes are free. And then there's animals sitting next to him. There's a pig, a duck, and a turkey. Just sitting on the ground next to him. And he turns to the animals. Hey, hang on a minute. Christmas is over. What's the turkey doing here? And the pig, the pig talks. A turkey is for life, not just for Christmas. The guy turns to the camera and he's like, oh, yeah, right. So he doesn't understand it either. Yeah, very weird. Weird slogan. And that's it.
that's the commercial. <laughs> you know, you relate to them. It's always good advertising. <laughs> to have the people in the advertisement be as baffled as the viewer. So the commercials were the highlight of this show for me. <laughs> Sorry, Andrew, you didn't get to see them. <laughs> yeah, such a shame. <laughs> So we come back from the commercials and the cows are singing You Are My Sunshine as they ride in the Citroën. The rare treat. Um, and they pass through gates and we see the huge mansion. And then they pass by a giant sign that says beggars will be shot with guns. That was one of the jokes that made me laugh. <laughs> As opposed to being shot with bows and arrows or slings. Soliciting <laughs> for money, no nonsense around here. Shot with water balloons full of piss. <laughs> I don't know what's worse. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Cow piss is probably pretty strong. <laughs> Smell that. Sheep country. <laughs> Seems like a reference to fear and loathing. <laughs> right. Well, they are driving a convertible. Yeah. yeah. I don't think they would all fit in that car if they didn't chop the roof off. Oh, yeah. By the way, I did look it up, and it is a Citroen DS four-door convertible. Oh, good. Yeah, I had that. no idea they made. <laughs> cool, though. Very yeah, cool. Yeah, it is cool. Citroens are cool. So yeah. then we are inside the mansion, and the cows are standing in a dining room at the end of a long table. And a butler walks in and says, I am Fetch, your great aunt's pack. I shall inform her that you are here. Please do not touch. <laughs> then he leaves, and of course the cows immediately start breaking everything in this room. <laughs> the mom is on the phone trying to get the house insured. Excuse me for seeming stupid, but that is why I wish to insure it. I'd hardly be ringing you if the house was still standing. <laughs> and that's really funny. And Rex and Dad... Talk about why Aunt Grace is so loaded. How come she's so wedged up? Ah, she married money. Kinky. <laughs> Don't get it. The most baffling joke in the whole thing, probably. Do not understand that. You're having sex with money. Uh, wow. Okay. <laughs> I didn't say it was a good joke. <laughs> and if you did, this would be over. <laughs> For some reason, they decide to start sliding Toby down the table on his stomach <laughs> like a shuffle puck. I know. Let's play sliding. Uh, <laughs> clear the table, Toby. What? Like what? On what planet is this an okay thing to be doing? Like, <laughs> I, I really don't. I don't understand. So Fetch comes back and gets them, and Fetch and the cows—they're walking through a grove of trees, and he is telling the mom, "I don't like cows. <laughs> My experience." There are superior cows and inferior cows. Classes. This seems to be a particularly British theme that's starkly different from American. Just like generally so bluntly talking about class and stuff. Yeah, we don't do that on our sitcoms. Like generally everybody is equal and then there's one like obnoxious ultra rich guy. Yeah. <laughs> In American culture, there's obviously there's rich people and poor people, but like the rich people want to act like they're just like everybody else. Yes, right. We have a, a culture in our, our country where it's the president eats hot dogs and stuff. We want to 
pretend like we're all the same, but we're yeah. not. Mm -hmm. Like we obviously we have classes. Oh, one of the greatest quotes I've ever seen from a politician in my entire life. Mitt Romney said, my favorite meat is hot dog. My second favorite meat, <laughs> hamburger. <laughs> No, what the hell? Robot? What in the fuck? Hamburger. He is a. <laughs> What's up, gangsters? It's the MI double tizzle. Great Aunt Grace sitting in the middle of a field, surrounded by living room furniture, rug, and she has a chair, and then she has like a insert fireplace. She's got a lamp, like maybe a bar in the background. They had a little wet bar. Is this a cow thing? Like cows sit outside. Yeah, they just like to be out on the grass. So Great Aunt Grace, she's an old lady cow. <laughs> and she has a, a gray wig and a cane and a walker, and she's very grumpy. So the cows and, and Great Aunt Grace have this very nonsensical conversation where she basically tells them if they catch her, she will give them money. I shall be chased. <laughs> she keeps saying, chase me. Chase me. Oh, chase me. <laughs> it was like a... A ch trial by chase, yeah. Trial by chase, yeah. <laughs> but of course she was on her walker, so she's not going fast at all. <laughs> That's the thing. Did we cover that she's supposed to be an uh, Olympic sprinter or something? Oh, right. No, we forgot that. Yeah, she's yeah. But Right, yeah. Who's that? That's Aunt Grace. When she reached the finals of the Olympics in 1932. What in? Greek wrestling. <laughs> she was up for bronze, but they had to abandon the event. Why? Run out of Greeks. <laughs> okay, so Fetch tells the dad that Aunt Grace doesn't acknowledge male cows. And every time the dad talks, she asks if someone farted. Did somebody break wind? <laughs> That's right. Which is kind of funny. Yeah. Like, like, he'll say something and she's like, Somebody has let one go. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so she runs off and we do one of those sweeping transits. <laughs> And then the cows come through like a secret door in a bookcase for some reason. Yeah. <laughs> Into a room where a great aunt Grace is standing in front of a roulette table. And she tells them now they have to play roulette with her. You can't win if you don't spin. The mom puts all her chips on six. Great aunt Grace spins the wheel and it lands on six. But then great aunt Grace denies that it lands on six. I won. No, you didn't. And just moves the chips off of the six on the table mom puts all the chips on six and great aunt grace says i like you boo you cheat <laughs> yes well the will i'm changing the will <laughs> so random it's like a long way for nothing again <laughs> that's uh basically the theme of this entire fucking show <laughs> yep this is definitely one where it was so beyond anything I thought it was going to be. I imagine it's going to be bad, but it is so beyond bad. <laughs> yeah, it's quite the struggle. Yeah. Eddie Izzard isn't the most unfunny person. Like, Not really. Done some really good stuff. I thought maybe this had a glimmer of hope, but I was fucking wrong. Could not have been more wrong. <laughs> it's almost like self-sabotage. Yeah, it certainly is, yeah. It's almost like a fuck you. They gave him money and he set it on fire. Yeah, well, you know, paid off for him. I guess. He's rich as shit now. And, and in everything. Right after this happened is when he really blew up. I think he realized he shouldn't be writing. He should just be acting or, you know. Well, wasn't Dressed to Kill the year before this? Wasn't it 96? Yeah, but this was probably made in 95. Mm. Mm, yeah. It had been sitting around and then they, you know. It's just like an American TV. Like they had a dead spot in the schedule and they had this pilot sitting on. Yeah, it's air special movie. 
special presentation. Yeah, they just threw it on. Because who cares? So now Great Aunt Grace is writing her will. Uh, but the will shall not be read until three months after my death. And you may stay here until that time. Are you sure? We've some pretty unpleasant habits. I couldn't give a toss. I would be here. Because tonight, at midnight, I shall be struck by lightning. <laughs> Rex calls Pinky and tells her... Yeah, it's not looking good, babe. She's as mad as a dog on a rocket. We cut to Aunt Grace standing in a lightning storm. Waving a lightning rod, defying the gods to strike her down where she stands. <laughs> what? Like, why is this happening? There's really no rhyme or reason. She, she was prepared to commit yeah. suicide that night. <laughs> Ready to die. Yeah, it was her time. I kind of got the idea that they were implying that she's kind of psychic. Because she knew they were coming and she knew all about Pinky and... Right, she knew about the storm coming. When one gets to my age, one knows a thing or two. And I know two. <laughs> But I don't understand why she's killing her. And the cows are hanging out inside watching her, and they don't really care one way or the other. So, of course, she's struck by lightning, and it reduces her to a pile of ashes. <laughs> oh, that's when he does say she's turned into crispy beef. <laughs> there goes a lady. There goes a loony. There goes a ton of crispy beef. <laughs> 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 yeah, all they can do is just stand there and joke about it. Sometime later, we're in the office and the mom is on the phone with the vicar. We were hoping to double up the funeral with my eldest son's wedding. Save on cake. <laughs> just, just not a bad idea. Right. Just put them together. I really like this line. Yes, vicar. No, don't get us wrong. We're very keen to have you do the funeral. We need someone who can vic. <laughs> <laughs> Then Mr. and Mrs. Pinky show up to discuss the wedding. Yep. That's what the butler says. Mr. and Mrs. Pinky are here to discuss the wedding arrangement. Which means that Pinky is her last name? Yeah, right. I thought at first that they were just calling her Pinky because she was human. <laughs> That's exactly what I thought. She just looks like a baby gerbil to them. <laughs> Naked bull rat? Yeah. Delicious guinea pig. <laughs> How good of you two. Meet your acquaintance, and how nice to make you come. <laughs> yeah. They don't like the wedding arrangements. Uh, he says, We're not having silage jumping, or wig fighting, or pigs on stilts sucking cherries through a hose. That's a blowjob reference, right? Yeah. I don't know. Like, it's so random. Oi, mate, she could suck a cherry <laughs> through a hose, she could. Right before he says that about the wig fighting and whatnot, he says, Let me put this in words of one syllable, if I may. Sorry, one what? Syllable? That's awfully kind, but we've eaten. <laughs> God, so random. Yeah, I, I didn't know whether to think, like, is there another word for, like, syllable in the British slang or something? Like, is a syllable like a cow tablet or, like, some sort of, like... I know, I thought I, thought I was missing something on that. Is there, like, a food that rhymes with it that I'm not thinking of? That would be the only thing that I could think. If you know Fuck. what the cows were talking about, send us an email. Cow questions and answers at prodigy.cow. <laughs> <laughs>
we cut right to the wedding. Like, right to the wedding. <laughs> and the cow family are all wearing clown wigs for some reason. This is so bizarre. It doesn't make any sense. They love wigs. Yeah. They're really I'm... into wigs, apparently. Yeah. Fucking god damn it. I hate this show. <laughs> I feel like the wedding scene might be the best part. Other than the commercials. <laughs> other than the wigs. <laughs> but I... In fact, did not laugh at any part of it. <laughs> right. No, no. We've got the cow family, and there's like a bunch of cows there. And like humans on the other side. So the, the two families on either side, there's like an aisle. And Rex and Pinky are there, and they're wearing tuxedo and, and wedding dress. And then the vicar comes in, and <laughs> the vicar says, I hope you will all bear with me. As requested, I shall be giving both the human and the bovine service. And he's holding two books. <laughs> we are gathered here today in the sight of God to join together this fellow Rex with this woman, Pinky. And then he switches to the other book and says, Love. Ooh, it's a thing. It makes you jump. It makes you sing. It makes you do most anything. Let's get these guys together. And then he switches back to the human. Do you, Rex, take Pinky to be your lawful wedded wife? Yeehaw. Which is actually a cow thing. Like, it's like a cowboy thing. Yeah. And do you, Pinky, take this fellow Rex to be your lawful wedded husband? And then he switches to the cow book. Even if he takes up golf and his middle name is Rolf. <laughs> Your middle name is Rolf. No, it's just an if thing. An if thing, that's right. It's a very Eddie Izzard joke. <laughs> and Rex Small Pizzle Johnson. So his, his middle name is More Pizzle. Even when her looks do fade, even when her hair has grayed, even as her jokes do great, even though she shags your mate. <laughs> Which they all cheer for. Yeah, everybody goes crazy. They love that. <laughs> <laughs> fucking horny cows. Rex and Pinky, you may now exchange pants. And they are each brought a pair of, like, tidy whitey underwear. Yeah. They show the underwear to each other, and Pinky has a giant pair, and Rex has a smaller pair. Maybe it's their size, I guess? Right. And they trade them, and then they play, like, pinkaboo and throw the underwear over their shoulders. <laughs> and I, d I do not understand why any of this is funny. It's just complete random nonsense it is it really is i in fact i when the vicar was reciting that first line that love ooh, it's a thing i immediately googled yeah very familiar that line that he had said and tried to i was like is that from like a song or something N it, nothing it, it was like, from yeah. literally nothing it was all original <laughs> <laughs> I, I legitimately thought that it might be from uh, Hitchhiker's Guide, like the fourth book or something. Uh-huh. Right. It just has that Douglas Adams cadence. So long, and thanks for all the fish. So the vicar declares... Now let the betrothed enter the tent. <laughs> and I think every wedding should end with the bride and groom going to a fuck tank right at the end of the uh, aisle. Well, traditionally they did, just like in Ace Ventura with the sheets. And yes, be specific. Ace Ventura 2, let me clarify. 2, yeah, to be specifically. Uh, Alrighty then. While they're in the fuck tent, the cow parents tell the human parents... Now we shall dance the dance of the four parents. And the dads and the moms pair off, which I guess is more funny than the opposite genders dancing. <laughs> I guess. And and then we get in a ridiculous dance scene. It's and it's just really stupid. Then we hear a shriek. And Pinky runs out 
of the fuck tent and her parents are chasing after her and then rex comes out and says what happened all i did was lick out my nose baffling this confused me the most baffling of the entire show can i pause it here a husband who can lick out the inside of his nose is probably going to have a fairly happy wife that's exactly what i thought and i was like why did she run away from that i thought she might have liked that he's gonna get boogers inside her (laughs) (laughs) did she not know what she was getting into has she never met a cow before? <laughs> How much time did she spend with him? All of a sudden, after all of this, she's freaked out by cows. Like, appalled by it. Just I completely traumatized, it seemed. Like, the way they put it, you know? Yeah. It's so weird. It was really confusing to me. But, hey, got to get that story rolling, that plot rolling somehow, I guess. got to keep going. <laughs> <laughs> it's the middle of the show you gotta have that the the pivot point yeah it's time for our new segment where we stop the show and play a game jesus christ (laughs) what do you have for us joe oh god damn it all right i have since this episode is about cows and since we have Andrew here, Hello. who is the foremost expert on cheese in this country and several others. Wow, I do. I have, I have quite the connection to cows, actually. Uh, I have found online, I didn't write this myself because I'm a lazy piece of shit. I have a cheese quiz. Oh, Lord. So the winner of this is the cheese whiz? <laughs> <laughs> yep. So sorry. you fucking nailed it (laughs) thank you okay so i've got a few questions go ahead and ring in if you think you know the answer okay all right question one what french cheese is considered to be the bluest cheese in the world oh god (laughs) is it roquefort gorgonzola dulce latte or Saint Agur. What you got, Andrew? <laughs> well, well uh, the correct answer you actually pronounced wrong is Roquefort. Oh. oh. <laughs> I've never heard it pronounced that way in my entire <laughs> life. But yes, to, to the American eye, it looks like Roquefort, yes. Uh-huh. All right, question two. What country is known for the invention of cheddar cheese in the 12th century? Oh, no. Oh, my God. Why are you doing this to me? (laughs) Is it A, France, B, Italy, C, England, or D, Spain? Andrew? (laughs) It's It's definitely England, for sure. All right. I'm going to say France. All right. Oh, it was England? Yeah. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) It was England. Much like a sommelier in the wine world, what is a cheese connoisseur called? Oh, Lord. A, fromagerie. B, the big cheese. C, turophile. Or (laughs) D, anato. (laughs) Do it. Um, I'm going to say the first one, the fromage. Nope. Andrew? Uh, yes, it's Turophile. Thank you. <laughs> I don't know why I even tried. 
Question four. <laughs> Bane's most famous cheese, Manchego, is made from the milk of what animal? A, buffalo, B, cow, B, goat, or D, sheep? Go ahead. I'm gonna say goat. No. <laughs> Andrew, you wanna have a guess? Guess, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> A majority of Spanish cheeses are sheep. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. All right. This one's a little bit harder. Dating back to 3,200 years, Uh, the first evidence of cheese was found in what country? A, China, B, Egypt, C, Iran, or D, India? I'm going to say India. You got to ring in. India? Uh, India. Yeah, India is really known for that cheese. Uh, name the other three again for me. China, Egypt, and Iran. You said 3,200 years ago? Yep. Yeah, that'd probably be... I, I want to say Iran. Oh, no. It, it's uh, Egypt. Oh, well, okay. Interesting. I would have thought India. Because paneer is such a simple cheese. Yeah, that's true, yeah. Well, Egypt, it was most likely camel's milk. Ooh. Oh. Yeah, that's a thing. You guys get any of that in? <laughs> uh, uh, we do carry camel's milk, yes. Not camel milk cheese, though. We carry actual the milk. Oh, shit. like to try that. It's horrible. It's always oh, it? terrible. <laughs> yeah. I can't imagine anything good would come out of it. Tastes like the animal would smell, you know. Oh, oh. delicious. Yeah. <laughs> Well, as we learned on our episode about knee-high PI, camels are awesome. <laughs> <laughs> but they probably smell like shit. All right, last question. What famous Dutch cheese is known for being smoked or containing caraway seeds? Oh, Stewart's got to know this. A, Gouda, B, Edam, C, Emmental, or D, Beamster? <laughs> <laughs> you got it. That's I got right. it. Oh, I got one. <laughs> you got one. You're not shut out. Kind of a trick question, though, with the end with the the oh, beaster. Yeah. I retire undefeated. <laughs> Andrew is our winner with four points. Stuart barely makes it on the board with one. <laughs> I feel like I had an unfair advantage. I don't know. <laughs> it's almost like I planned it that way. <laughs> <laughs> we'll have to play a quiz my category it's all about cartoon bands <laughs> oh my gosh that's awesome this show gave me the feeling of seeing uh a certain band called cartoon whoa that is one of the worst fucking bands i've ever heard in my entire life that sounds about right i, I think they're australian Jesus. Hideous looking. So disturbing. What music do they play? Pop music. Like covers or originals? Originals. Well, at least it's originals. You should check them out. It's real bad. Check out cartoons. Wow. We'll have it on our web zone. Yet another recommendation from Stuart for people to watch cartoons. (laughs) But sometime later... 
when the cows are getting accustomed to having a giant manor home, Nicola slash Shirley is berating the staff like a drill sergeant. You're fired. I want your desk cleared in 15 minutes. I don't have one. Got a little trestle. <laughs> and Toby is shooting his gun at trees randomly. <laughs> Morning, Meta. Toby, I wish you would, dear. What? Shoot the trees. Can't help it. Got a taste for it. In a full Burberry hunting suit. Oh, that, that's what you call that? Yeah. It's, I mean, it's the company Burberry. It's their signature plaid. That's awesome. Called Nova Plaid, I think. 100% wool. <laughs> Hot as hell. Itchy as fuck. And Rex, who's been up to this point wearing like a pinstripe suit and a t-shirt, looks like he's Shakespearean actor. Yeah. And he's drunk and he's writing poetry about losing pink. Like he's really upset about it oh why oh why did i fall in low oh why did i lick out my nostrils <laughs> he wasn't getting married to fucker he really apparently loved this woman yeah he was yeah he really loved her and then we cut just immediately through the large dining room where there's a long table and hail over the floor and it's pretty dark it's hard to see and the daughter, Shirley, is telling the maid that she is depressed about living in the manor. I hate it here. I don't have any friends. Well, from what you told me, you've never had any, dear. So you can't blame it on living here. But the family is getting, like, burned out on, on this rich life. Maybe that's what it is. It kind of leads to them not really enjoying being there. Even though they've slid into the role of being upper-class total assholes yeah. to their staff. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the cracks are beginning to show. <laughs> right. So the maid rings a giant gong, and the rest of the family shows up for breakfast. And uh, Toby comes in with his gun. He's happy. But Rex staggers in and just falls on the table drunk. <laughs> and the parents show up and complain about the croissants on their plates. They look like big spirals of doggy do. Yeah. <laughs> it's a croissant. <laughs> <laughs> and then Thor proceeds to tell all of them that he is running for parliament. As a what? As a something to do. <laughs> because he is rich and bored even though he knows nothing about politics, which is the only thing that happens in this entire show that makes complete sense. Uh-huh. <laughs> Pulled from the headlines. <laughs> I intend to announce myself with a par supper for the local chairman. I shall personally choose the menu, and no expense will be spared. It will be a dinner that'll never leave them. And then we cut directly to that dinner party. <laughs> it's so efficient. Because, you know, they're they're against wasting time in the show. <laughs> <laughs> well, except for the viewers. Our time means nothing. They're all sitting there with the human party leaders, and they're asking Thor questions, and he's giving them stupid answers. And I like this one. How old is this house? And he says, it's a billion years old. So... Built during the first ice age. Yes, that's why they put in double glazing. <laughs> Can't argue with that. It's a solid joke. Uh, pretty good. <laughs> oh, and then he says... A cow billion. Ah. Oh. <laughs> Again with the cow years. Yeah. Ten cow years. <laughs> the dinner is actually... It actually goes pretty well. Once it's established that they, they are actually there because they want to try and capture the cow vote. Uh, this is the first time that... And I think I can use the C word, a cow. 
<laughs> as stood for the party. And, and you know, it's a little bit more of the classism and the cows being very common. And the party guy, he says, No, you have that rare commodity, the common touch. I shall not! Well, Toby takes offense to this, and he demands that the guy step outside with him. <laughs> well, as soon as the guy steps outside, Toby shuts the door and says, Dreadful man. <laughs> I really wish we had gotten a cow duel. I was like, oh, sweet. Are we going to have like a cow like fisticuffs? No, it's just a shut the door on his face joke. So Thor says, I'm in. While Rex is molesting the party chairman's wife drunkenly for some reason. So I guess he's he's over pinky. Yeah. He's just been fondling this woman and it's never really explained why. I've got a decent idea why. Oh, yeah? Oh, just that he's British. <laughs> British and handsy. Uh -huh. <laughs> Ever so many romantic misunderstandings. <laughs> <laughs> so then we cut to one of my favorite hackney comedy gags of all time, where someone's on the phone and they just keep emphatically saying yes to whatever the person on the line is saying. <laughs> phone humor is very easy because you only have to write half the dialogue yeah, it's a, only one-sided. Yeah, and the audience just makes up the other half, uh, which means they're going to think it's funnier than anything you could come up with. <laughs> We've talked about Bob Newhart and phone humor. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Pee Wee Herman does a really good version of this. Pee-wee's playoffs, Pee-wee's making. What? 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 No. 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 number <laughs> and there's that looney tunes guy hello you don't say you don't say you don't say uh, uh, who was it he didn't say uh. it's great great hackney jokes they're fine but you really have to put your own spin on it to make it work i try but in this case the punchline is who was it i have no idea <laughs> Genius. Peak of comedy. And so the phone call was... They want me to speak at the party conference. <laughs> we cut right to him on the way to the party function. <laughs> and the party leader in the car is quizzing him on what to say about politicians, and we get Margaret Thatcher joke. Decent Thatcher joke. Yeah. Margaret Thatcher. Goodness, is that the time? <laughs> Not a terrible joke. I guess. We all know that he should say. <laughs> I'm not saying it on here. The British will come after me. Uh, so we cut to the kids outside with the TV set and chairs, and they're watching the speech on TV. Yeah. Again, they're outside for some reason on a carpet. Cow joke, I guess. Oh, God. I actually got a little chuckle out of the announcer announcing Thor's speech. Albert Johnson. Quick! Quick! He's on! He'll be discussing Quick. rural issues and giving a cow perspective. Yeah. <laughs> And I also like the image of him at the party conference with his image on the three screens. <laughs> <laughs> and just looking bewildered. He really did look like a politician in this in this scene. Yes. He's giving me Bullworth vibes. <laughs> Ooh, somebody's not a Warren Beatty fan. Everybody just gotta keep fucking everybody till they're all the same color. Warren Beatty, come on the podcast. <laughs> Like, he ain't doing shit. We've got some script ideas for you, and they all involve cows. 
Yeah. So he starts stumbling through his speech and not making a lot of sense. There's bits of the Churchill sinews of peace address <laughs> where he mentions the Iron Curtain. At any rate, that is what we are going to try to do. But eventually he, he gives up on the speech and decides to speak from the heart. Right. And for a while it's working. Like the people are really getting into it until he insults she. These are not power problems. These are not human problems. He's a sheep problem. Sheep. The little fuckers. The next thing that happens is him and Boo are being thrown out of the back of a panel van. And the panel van says conference caterers. So it's like they had to get a ride with the caterers, not the party. Because I guess the party people were driving them there. (laughs) Don't bag on the sheep. (laughs) And Boo says to Thor, who is still sitting on the ground, kind of bewildered, being thrown out of the van. (laughs) All this, you know, it isn't really us, is it? Yeah, they didn't want to have anything to do with them anymore. The rich life is starting to wear off. (laughs) And at that moment, Fetch comes out and tells them that the lawyer has arrived for the hearing of the will. Oh, shit. This, by the way, is not a thing that happens. Lawyers don't read wills. They just email them to you or something. Let alone conduct a seance. (laughs) No, no, yeah, let alone (laughs) what happens here. They're in some room in the house. Where there's a statue of a cow covered in hay for some reason. They're all sitting at a round table, and the lawyer and all the cows join hands, and they begin to try and channel Great Aunt Grace like it's a seance. Oh, by the way, the lawyer is the actor that played Great Aunt Grace. Mm-hmm. Right, the voice. Yeah. yeah, so he starts channeling her, and he obviously sounds exactly like her. So Great Aunt Grace, through the lawyer, tells them, To my great-grandniece, Buella, my estate comprising 500 acres, the servants, their children, the furniture and fittings, and my collection of novelty soups. We don't want any of it, Aunt Grace. Tough teeth. And at that moment, Pinky and Mr. and Mrs. Pinky burst into the room, and this is the dumbest thing ever. <laughs> the Pinkies challenge the will based on some kind of cow law technicality. But if you invoke the right of... You do not have a loss, for it also stipulates that at least one member of the herd must be with calf. Aha! That's where you're wrong. Aha! Is it? Because I, aha, you're aha. By what president? By the president of aha versus aha, devises the sizes 1944. Aha! But devises the sizes was annulled in Hull. Aha! But the annulment in Hull went to appeal in deal. I kind of thought this was funny. I'm not going to lie to you. I thought it was like maybe the thing that they put the most effort into in the whole fucking show i don't know i i thought it was pretty give up did you oh yeah it's like mm. yeah that... they're like mooing back and forth at each other like it's some sort of legalese <laughs> like it <laughs> i think it's stereotypical british comedy mm-hmm. getting so <laughs> caught up in your own boppiness well it turns out the pinky gets the mansion because she was pregnant or something yes the bylaw was there can only be a transfer of property if the marriage has been consummated with a child and they're like oh well you know they don't have a child and they're like oh yeah well well i fucked her (laughs) (laughs) we did it twice in the fuck tent that was very very quick well i'm very very good at it (laughs) (laughs) it turns out they're gonna switch 
houses. That's part of the law. Yeah, and and they are all happy because they want they're tired of living in the mansion, and they give it to the Pinky family. They pile in their Citroen. <laughs> Rex is very upset over losing Pinky, and shows her he he has learned how to use a handkerchief. Pinky, what? Look, I've got a hanky. <laughs> too late he's not impressed damn it that's what that was about and then we cut back to the lawyer who's gathering his papers uh, and he's like suddenly repossessed by great aunt grace who finishes where she left off so where was i oh yes to my great grand niece abuela my estate comprising 500 acres etc 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 my collection of soups and my phenomenal gambling debts <laughs> which the the pinkies have now inherited um so the cows actually narrowly yep. avert calamity again and they get the pinkies house yeah they arrive at their new home which is a, a little english row house horrible wallpaper mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> they declare it has potential and they all grab sledgehammers and drills and they tear out the walls <laughs> and spread hay around. We end with the cows outside burning the furniture and stuff that was in the house around a campfire <laughs> in the street. Roasting marshmallows, right? I don't know. They're roasting something and it's green and it's on sticks. Yeah, I could, I could not tell. I don't know what that's supposed to be. I figured it was just marshmallows. Green marshmallows. Grassmallows. Do they have green marshmallows in the UK? Ooh, marshmallows. <laughs> oh my god. Now you're thinking. Mm-hmm. I'm back. I'm back, baby. They're sitting around the campfire and they're singing Home on the Rain. Home, home on the Rain. Uh, which is like one of only two obviously cow things that they do in this whole show. They do it like super exaggerated. <laughs> <laughs> Home, home on the range. <laughs> they don't. They don't know anything about a fucking range. Well, they, you know they're British people. They're right. They don't know the real way to sing "Home on the Range." Yeah. <laughs> you may have convinced the courts that you're equals. You ain't convinced us. And the credits roll as the people come out of their house to see what the hell is going on. And there's a police siren in the distance because I guess the police are going to have to come and deal with the cows. Beat the, beat the shit out of mm-hmm. them. <laughs> yeah. And that is cows. Yeah. <laughs> Good fucking riddance. That is cows. I don't know if you watch the rest of the, the thing, but at the very end we get voiceover that's like now it's time for dark skies some conspiracies and aliens in 1947 aliens landed on earth conspiracy you have no idea the truth it's already here dark skies are ahead on four and uh, a little bit of the intro that has a very classic mysteries 90s music (laughs) it's the worst thing we've ever watched on this show no no Nothing's worse no. than the high PI. Over the top racist. Oh boy. Oh no. I mean, you know I love a spot of the old racism. <laughs> <laughs> but it was a bit of gilding the lily. <laughs> the moral of the story that they're trying to tell us is you shouldn't try and raise your station in life or or buy into class. Some people are simply inherently lower class, and if they try to appear upper class. They just embarrass themselves and everyone around them, and they will inevitably end up back in the slums where they belong, and and they should just accept what they are and be happy. Yeah, because that's where they want to be. Yeah. Right. Classic MI6 propaganda. <laughs>
Yeah, a commoner can't become a politician. <laughs> you may have the wealth, but you'll never have the status. <laughs> Got a, a few little reviews that are really terrible. Let's hear them. The Johnsons hoofed their way to a castle, a party, a conference, and a wedding, mooing some good lines along the way, says the Daily Telegraph. The show was suffused, too, with Izzard's childlike gentleness. Jokes as good as these are not frequent visitors to sitcom land. A lighter touch on the makeup and cows might yet turn up a triumph says Jim White of the Evening Standard. <laughs> yeah, that's all he wants them to change? The last one is Utterly Brilliant from Sky Magazine. We didn't get any utterly jokes. I don't think anybody ever used utterly or even said the word utterly. No, there's only joke. like the one <laughs> the one joke that actually kind of made me laugh where he says... Well, I never liked her anyway. She's got separate breasts. They were separate, <laughs> yeah. yes. <laughs> As opposed to one big one. <laughs> one big one with multiple nipples. <laughs> All these people went on to do other things. Eddie Izzard went on to do other things. Everything. He w even went on to do a pilot that we've already covered, which was... 1313 Mockingbird Light. You hated this more than you hated Mockingbird Lane? My God. It's so bad. It's fucking horrendous. Mockingbird Lane offended me. Yeah, offensive like as in... What part of the monsters are you trying to convey here? I really don't. Exact, yeah. yeah. And Eddie Izzard also went on to run tons of marathons, apparently. 50 marathons in 50 days or something like that? Yeah, prolific. 50, yeah. 51 and 53, I think is what I saw. So... What do we think about this fucking piece of cow dung? It's like one of those where it's like, I can't believe it exists. It's baffling. It is confusing from beginning to end. The only reason why I would ever tell anyone to watch this would be if you're planning to do a lot of drugs mm -hmm. and really want to bother yourself, put on the version that's motion tracking and you'll have a terrible time. <laughs> I'd tell them to watch the commercials. Yeah, the commercials are good. Skip to the commercials. Football for people who only watch the Super Bowl. <laughs> Just oh, watch the commercials, yeah. man. <laughs> You'll love it. <laughs> They're all online the day before. I'm just a bit of a connoisseur of commercials. <laughs> well, it certainly is quite unbelievable that something like this exists or even got produced and actually made and got past people reading the script mm -hmm. and saying oh yeah this will do yeah this might work it's just that baffles me big time especially in something so risky as creating tv shows you know what i mean and i guess it's just money being thrown around like stewart said it's just yeah. money that probably just got wasted and was there to be had and okay let's make something and that's this is the result. We don't understand it. We don't get comedy. But Eddie Izzard, this guy, people like him. So maybe it'll work. Maybe once we put it out there, yeah. it'll find its audience. One of the big takeaways for me is that we have all these British <laughs> comedies that we love. Father Ted, Black Books, basically everything Graham Linen did, even if he's a bit of a dickhead. But there is so much yeah, more. there's a lot. There's so much more television yeah. on in Britain that we're not privy to. 
And whew, if if any <clears throat> any more of it is like this, <laughs> I'm glad they don't bring it all in. <laughs> <laughs>